In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Please be seated. So I'm taking, I, taking the, the title, the title idea for tonight's meditation. I'm taking it from a, a movie that came out a couple years ago. I think it won some awards and stuff too. It's called All is Lost. That's the name of the movie. And uh, it's kind of an interesting movie. There's really like no dialogue in it. No one talks. Uh, It has one character played by Robert Redford. And uh, the story of the movie goes, it's something like he seems, it starts, he's on a boat. He's on his own boat. You know, he's one of those people who has a boat. Okay. And he's out in the middle of the Indian Ocean and he see, it seems like he's kind of decided that he's going to sail off into the sunset, like he's kind of done with, you know, the people in his life, whoever they may be. And he's, so he's kind of done. And so no one knows he's out there and he's, that's how he wants it. And then, of course, um, you know, the boat, it crashes into a shipping container, you know, because there's shipping containers floating around in the ocean. So if you didn't get your stuff from Amazon... That's probably where it is. And uh, this puts a hole in his boat, and then he patches the hole, but the, the communication system on the boat has been damaged, and as he's trying to repair his antenna, he notices that there's an oncoming tropical storm, and the storm comes over, and the boat flips over a couple times in the water, and he's unconscious, and then he wakes up, and the boat is sinking, and it can't, can't be saved, so he gets out one of those... Those, those like a round life raft kind of thing. He loads his stuff off the boat onto the life raft and then, uh, and then the boat goes down. And then the rest of the movie, he's in this life raft and this is why there's no talking because there's no one else to talk to. He's in, the bo- in his little you know, inflatable life raft in the middle of the ocean trying to figure out how to work all of the safety equipment and he... he he, uh, he realizes that he's floating into a major shipping lane, so he thinks that he'll be saved. But, uh, you know, two ships go by. One goes by, and he sends up flares, and it keeps going. And another one goes by, and he sends up flares, and it doesn't see him. And then uh, the water is bad, and he's trying to catch fish, but there's sharks. And then he realizes he has floated out of the shipping lane and into part of the ocean where there are no other boats, and there's another storm, and things are getting very desperate, and uh, he's, he's writing messages and putting them in bottles because, you know, when they find the shipping container, they'll find his messages too, kind of. And then, um, and then so he's like at the end of his rope, and then far away in the distance, he sees what looks like the lights of another ship, and he's out of flares, so he's lighting stuff on fire in the raft, And then, of course, the raft itself starts on fire and Robert Redford sinks into the ocean. And is he saved or is he not? That depends on how you interpret the last two seconds of the movie. Um, And, uh, you know, the movie is called All is Lost and Ashes, like for Ash Wednesday, ashes are all that is left when all is lost. When everything is burned down and there's nothing left, ashes are what you have left. And we kind of have that in our, 
the first, our, our Old Testament reading for this evening, and then our responsive reading for the, from the prophet Joel. The Old Testament reading, of course, is where God plants a beautiful garden in Eden, and he puts, he puts, the man, puts Adam there, he puts the man there, and it says that there's every kind of tree that's pleasant to look at, and there's plenty of food. He doesn't even have to farm He doesn't even have to harvest crops. He just gets fruit off the trees. And then, of course, into the prophet Joel this evening, um, all is lost there. We're jumping ahead a couple thousand years to get to the prophet Joel. But the selections, these are selected verses that come out of the prophet Joel. And the prophet Joel is talking about and prophesying about a plague of locusts that comes over the whole land of Israel. And it says, what the cutting locust left, the swarming locust has eaten, the hot what they left, the next wave of locust ate the rest, and whatever little was left after that, another wave came through and ate that. And the land is like the garden of Eden before them, but behind them a desolate wilderness, and nothing escapes them. All is Lost, says the prophet Joel. All of the crops are gone. All of the ships and all of the shipping containers have sunk. All of the trains are on fire. All of the tracks are broken. All of the stores are empty of toilet paper and baby formula. All of the schools are closed and they're not even trying to do distance learning anymore. All of our families are falling apart. All of our credit cards are maxed out. The internet is down. The children are hungry. There is no formula. And underneath all of this, the real problem, all of our good deeds, says the Bible, all of our good deeds are garbage. And all of our sins are public before God. And we have no excuse. And the only hope is to pass a few more days in regret until there is nothing left but ashes. But of course, and if you, by the way, I do, this is, I don't, I'm not in the business of recommending movies, but this is a good movie, All is Lost. And it's a good movie for Lent, and it's a good movie to read if you want to go and, or it's a good movie to watch and then actually go and read the whole thing of the prophet Joel. And by the way, yes, Robert Redford in this movie, for the men, he's still rugged and capable and still the kind of guy you want to grow up to be. And for the ladies, he is still ridiculously good looking, even in his old age. Okay? Um, but in the prophet Joel, and the, the, this movie and the prophet Joel kind of pair well together. And so after you watch the movie, go read the whole thing of the prophet Joel. It's a very short book. And you'll find that Joel actually says, even after he proclaims all of this, all is lost, all we can do is beg God for mercy. At the end, he actually proclaims, all is not lost. God will do a new thing. God will bring restoration. God has heard our pleas for mercy, and he will pour out his spirit, and the earth will be created, and our natures will be made new, and we will become children of God. And says Paul in our reading for tonight. He says to them, when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us not because of works done by us in righteousness, 
but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. There is no, there is no sailing off into the sunset in this life. We are here in a world, and we focus especially on this in Lent, where indeed we do focus on that all has been lost. All of the good that God wanted for the world, we have ruined. Sin and death and the tyranny of the devil have brought a lost condition into the world. All is lost, and yet, and yet, all is also promised. All is lost, but all is promised, and in the end, as we slip into the darkness, a hand will reach down and take us by the hand, and all the darkness will fade into light, and I just gave away the end of the movie. And in this world, where all is lost and all is promised, where we know that all is lost and all is promised, because, you know, not everybody knows what's actually wrong with the world. In fact, most people who say, I know what's wrong with the world and how to fix it, I'm from the government, I'm here to help, that's that kind of thing. We know what's actually wrong with the world, and we actually know what has been promised to us. And so Paul would tell us tonight, look, he says, he says this is a, the letter he's writing, he's actually writing to a pastor and uh, Pastor Titus, and he says, Pastor Titus, I want you to remind the people of this thing, so I'll remind you of it tonight. And that is that in this world where all is lost, and yet all has been promised to us, there is a particular new attitude that we have been given, a new capability and possibility that we can begin to conform our lives to. He says, remind them. Remind them to be submissive to rulers and authorities because who's in charge really doesn't matter. It's all kind of rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic and we'll plug along for a little while, but in the end, who's in charge is not all that vitally, spiritually important. Remind them to be obedient, to be ready for every good work, to speak evil of no one, to avoid quarreling, to be gentle, because we're all in the same life raft together. And if we start poking holes in it, we all go down. To show perfect courtesy toward all people. And then Jesus tonight, Jesus in our gospel reading, he also articulates for us, lays out for us what are the, some of the core disciplines of the Christian life. He actually says, these are, he's, he's laying out for us what the actual disciplines are and habits and patterns of behavior for Christians are. And these are the habits and the disciplines and the patterns of behavior of people who know that all is lost and yet people who also know that all has been promised to us. And the three things that he focuses on are actually kind of traditionally the three things that we focus on in Lent in terms of conforming our lives to the gospel. He talks about, he talks about giving, that is giving to those in need, generosity, he talks about prayer, 
And he talks about fasting and self-denial. And he does say, he says, he doesn't say like, if, if you think about it, at some point, maybe you want to do this. He says, when, he says, when you give alms, when you give to the needy, don't call attention to yourself. When you pray, don't pray like that. Pray like this, because you have a father in heaven who already knows what you need and who is already, re- already willing and ready to hear your prayers. And then he also says, when you fast, not if you fast, when you fast, don't, you know, still dress nice when you're fasting. Don't let everybody know, you know, put on deodorant, wash your face so that, so that people don't. And he's, he is, um, these three things, give generosity, prayer, and self-denial. These things, the kind of the tradition of the church would teach us that these things are especially uh, important or especially to be put before us in Lent because Lent is that time of year when especially we focus that all, on that all is lost and yet all has been promised. Jesus says, when you give to the needy, when we practice generosity, because indeed the world lacks. Indeed, we, there, is, there is pain and there is suffering in the world, and we have already been promised everything in eternity, and we have already been given what we need in life, and we have a God who invites us to ask him, as children speak to their own father, to ask him for daily bread. And he tells us, ask me for this, because I want you to ask me for this so that I can give it to you. So here's what you need. Ask me for it. I really will give it to you. And here and on this, you know, the supplies are running low and the life raft is on fire. And yet giving and doing so in such a way that no one sees you do it is the kind of discipline that people who know what is really wrong with the world and, and the real hope of the world, the kind of discipline that people like that practice. And prayer is the voice of faith. Prayer is not sending up, you know, random, it's not putting messages in bottles and sending desperate flares after passing chips. Prayer is the voice of sincere and confident faith that knows that God knows what we need before we ask, that God knows what we need, so he's actually told us what to ask for, and God knows what we need and has told us what to ask for and has promised to hear and give. And fasting, that is just self-denial, because the boat is going down and there's, we ought not hoard up, hoard We ought not indulge every craving in this situation. Fasting is that discipline that teaches us to crave less, to cling less, and to grasp less. Give more and trust more and crave less. And, you know, it's like the the saying, be the change you want to see in the world. But Jesus would also say, be the change you want to see in the world but don't let anyone see you do it. 
and connected with all of these disciplines, these things, this generosity, this prayer of faith, and this self-denial. Jesus says, your father, who sees the things that you do in secret, will reward you in secret. There is a secret inner reward that is connected with all of these things, a reward that comes to us not because of our own works of righteousness, but because of his mercy. And the secret reward is so secret that we may not even see it, or we may not see it in a way that connects cause and effect. Okay, We may not see that God did this because I did that. It is, it is, and the, and at the bottom of this reward is a growth in confidence, in confidence that indeed our sins are forgiven, that indeed, although we have ruined everything, yet he is putting things back together through us in Jesus. It is the secret reward is is Christ in you, Christ living in your heart. The gospel of Jesus Christ and his mercy dwelling in your mind and guarding your thoughts and keeping you from the temptations of the evil one and protecting you from even our own, you know, the, the darker angels of our own nature. And Jesus also says that there is indeed a heavenly treasure. All is not lost. Even if it seems like sometimes, whether it's spiritually or, you know, culturally, or maybe even in our daily life, we are throwing things overboard, desperately trying to keep the raft afloat. Jesus says, He says, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth because moth and rust and locust, moth and rust, I mean, stuff rusts, isn't that? I mean, rust is a reminder. Rust is a reminder. And when you open your, your, I don't know what you call it, your, your your closet, that's what I meant. You open your closet and the moths come out. I mean, that's irritating. It's also a reminder that all is lost, that here nothing lasts, that here things fall apart, and here nothing that, when, he, when Robert Redford was on that boat, there is not one single thing he had with him on that boat that he would not have gladly thrown into the ocean for, in order to have, you know, an actual boat. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But there has been laid up for us by Jesus. And through our faith in him, we lay up for ourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust and thieves and supply chain issues and fires and tropical storms and crop failures and burning trains cannot touch them. Where even, where even our own, even our own, uh, our own failures cannot take from us those things that Christ has given to us by His grace. 
Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. In Jesus' name, amen.